Hello. Hello, David. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Excellent. Great work yesterday. Thank you so much. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Well, I mean, uh, how did you feel it went? Um, it went. It went okay. Okay. Yeah. What do you uh, like? What do you wonder about? You want me to evaluate? Uh, well, yeah, you, you said it okay. First. You should evaluate first. Sure. I don't want to bias you. Oh, I already have my evaluation. Are you sure? Well, you I have the it? points I want to raise. I mean, if all I right, change fine. it, I'll let you know. Ah, all right, fine. Um, I think that uh, Huffman and Bill and Robbie participation were low. Um, I still don't know what Bill's all upset about. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I would say it went about as well as I expected. Um, didn't go better than I was expecting. It didn't go worse. Um, and I say it went a good deal better than usual. So that's it. All right. What you didn't tell me what you like and what you wonder about. I guess you wonder about what Bill thinks. What did you like? Uh, I'd like that we address the the elephant in the room. Um, I like. Sorry, can you repeat I, that? The, the background noise got me. You like that we. Background noise, but okay. I, I like that we yep. address the elephant in the room. You think that we did address the elephant in the room? Uh, I mean, like the the Steve one. I mean, there's like many elephants, but I think we we did the biggest. Right. Um. Well, maybe not the most important, not the most significant, but the the one that was. That was the most relevant mm -hmm. and sort of, I don't know, on mind. Mm -hmm. um, let me see. Uh, I enjoyed not getting any, any pushback from anyone. I was actually, that's the one thing that went a little bit better. I was expecting some mm -hmm. trouble, some pushback. Um, and I didn't really receive any, which was nice. Mm -hmm. I like it when people just cooperate with me. Uh, I think that's about it. Okay, that's good. Uh, so I forget, I was saying with Eric, and he mentioned that the two things that really impressed him, uh, one was that you asked really good questions, and the other was that you kept things moving along. Uh, and those are hard things to do, and you did a good job of them, so I wanted to pass that along. Um, good questions. I'm curious what good questions I have. I have to go back and look. I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. But so I remember you asking the question to, you know, share, or maybe prompts might be a better term than questions, perhaps. Oh, yeah. No, I did lots of prompting. I did lots yeah. of prompting. All right. I think that is, he liked the prompting. That that makes sense. Yeah, that's a plausible interpretation. All right. So overall, um, I'm really happy with how things turned out. I feel like it has moved the group forward in some significant ways. 
uh, which I'm going to enumerate if you're interested. But I think that uh, the, I mean, first of all, I think part of it is just an answer to prayer and Steve being able to show up because it would have been a much different and probably more challenging conversation without him. Uh, that he came up and he was not only tame, but he was also present and engaged and honest. And I really appreciated that. And I think. Um, oh, that's right. That, I need to. I need to. I, I think I made a prediction that if he does show up, he was going to likely be engaged. Let me see if I had yeah. that typed somewhere, because I'm pretty sure I did say that. Yeah, you, you did say that, and it did happen. Um, so yes, I, I need. To be, I, I want to be more. I want to be more diligent in 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 my predictions, getting them right, acknowledging that. Okay, predictions are also a good thing. Um, and um, the um, um, anyway, the um, uh, I also liked the fact that we have a, a topic queued up for next week. Uh, which again, I would like you to moderate, even if I'm sort of presenting my viewpoint, uh, I think to help facilitate the questioning, that would be extremely valuable. Uh, how do you feel about that? Um, I, I feel fine doing that. I, I, I'm, hmm. my only fear, is that um not everyone will participate and um i'm hoping that you sort of do your part and throw out some some material for people to wrestle with so that they mm -hmm. have something to, to chew on when the meeting time comes otherwise it might so just I, be half the group sort of engaging which would be a little sad right so i will i have a commitment to generate something on saturday that is short enough for ted to read <laughs> okay. And, and you are welcome to comment it, comment on it on Sunday, if you would like me to punch it up to make it more engaging. Um, and if I get comments on Sunday, I will revise it by Tuesday. Fair enough. Okay. Cool. Uh, so I had two notes uh, that I wanted to run by you. Um, this is the chance that I get to give you feedback, which is exciting. Oh. Uh, so they're relatively minor, but I'm still curious to get on the other. So uh, first thing I want to check and make sure I understand the purpose correctly is my understanding that the purpose of the event was really to encourage people to share and talk about difficult things, especially things that they've been avoiding talking about. Is that what your purpose is, or would you phrase it differently? I I think that's a little too ambitious. Um, I think my okay. goal was actually was was just I didn't want um, the one event and our reaction to it to um, have a chilling effect. So I was just basically trying to combat that chilling effect. Okay. So what is the opposite of a chilling effect? I mean, so I, yeah, I guess the, it, what I would say is it, it's what you said, except uh, just limited in scope. So uh, people openly can talk about the Steve incident. Okay. That's what I want. 
That was all I was okay, in for, sure. getting people to be able to talk about the Steve incident, no more than that. Okay, fair enough. So there were a couple of things that I uh, saw you do that, uh, that I perceived as having a chilling effect. And so I was surprised by that. And so I wanted to run them by you to see whether you could either validate or clarify my perception and my understanding of those things you did. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, cool. So the first one was right at the very beginning, Steve you know, gave a very beautiful and gracious apology and asked for forgiveness. And immediately afterwards, you rejected it. Yes. So you validate my perception. And oh, yes. My, okay, so that was what happened. And the interpretation I placed on that, or my, the right word, um, my comprehension of it was that uh, you really didn't want, uh, you personally didn't uh, feel that Steve did anything wrong and that you uh, wanted to get that perception out there first before anyone else shared. And to my mind, that had a chilling effect because if someone wanted to say, well, I think it was, I don't, I don't think that was such an apology and I'm not ready to forgive him, it would be really hard for them to say that after you've just said that there's nothing to forgive. Yeah, yeah, uh, all of that is correct. Okay, do you think that was an error on your part or do you think it was actually justified? Not just justified, it was intentional. It was intentional. Okay, yes. so so help me understand then. I thought that you were trying to avoid a chilling effect, but it sounds like you're deliberately doing something that was intended to foreclose conversation and speculation. Can you help me understand yes, your thinking? I. Uh... I mean, like, I, I am not trying to encourage all forms of communication. Ah. Which forms of communication right. are you trying to encourage? Well, I wanted us to talk about the incident. That was it. That was my limited scope. And, and, and talking about how people felt in reaction to Steve's outburst was not in scope? Uh, you know, I would say it was secondary. I think the the bigger problem was steve himself was unwilling to talk about it okay so as soon as steve showed up then your problem was solved and the rest of it no it wasn't and it wasn't okay at all. So, so you said the goal was to have steve talk about the incident so it was obviously more than just that well no, it, it was also about his his um he was he was critiquing, critiquing you he was challenging you mm -hmm. right so the, the okay. big problem, okay, the, what my perspective on this was Steve didn't explode. I think Steve was actually very slow to anger. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think this anger had been building for some time. Mm -hmm. And I think that it just sort of, there was a, there was a trigger and then he went off, right? Mm -hmm. But I was like, it was, the, it was the straw that broke the camel's back. That's all. Right. Okay. And I don't want that to happen. I want Steve to speak sooner. Yes, and I would love that too. I, and so the my my problem was yeah, so the, one of the reasons why I the one of the big themes of of the entire conversation, if you if from my from what I was saying, if you were if were paying attention, because I made this point like I don't know three or four times, mm -hmm. was 
I think Steve should not have censored himself. I think he should not be thinking about how to well, control what he here's, here's what confuses me, Dave. Why are you telling me what Steve should do? Are you assuming that I have some control over Steve that I can make him do things? Or are you just venting? I don't understand why you're telling me this. Right now? Yes. I'm, I'm telling you're you this. Three or four times before. I, I, I really have no clue. Okay, so I uh, maybe maybe you're not quite seeing the connection here. I agree okay. that you think that it is wrong that Steve censored himself. I may or may not share that opinion, but I agree that you have said that and you believe that. Um, so what? What am I supposed to do with that information? Okay, you have said that I you have challenged me saying that I had censored certain kinds of talk, certain communication, or I had caused a chilling effect with that. I am telling you right. it was intentional. Okay. It was intentional because okay. I wanted the talk that Steve was withholding to occur. Okay. So any anything that could potentially oppress that, I attacked. Okay, so let me hear what you say. So you were let me just make sure I repeat back what I heard you say. Is your concern okay. is that you didn't want Steve to censor himself. Yeah. And therefore the reason you held this meeting the way you did was not so that everyone else could share or process their feelings, but specifically and primarily so that Steve would talk about what he was feeling. That, I would say that was primary and then everyone else could talk about it was secondary, yes. And so therefore any, okay, that's really helpful for me to understand your priority stack. Um, I, and I think it has, let me, let me explain one thing about why it must be that way, because there is none of that okay. secondary com communication without the first. I cannot prioritize the secondary communication over the, 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 the first because it wouldn't happen without the first. So it must be more important in my view. Okay, I think that is a, certainly a, a legitimate perspective. And as a moderator, you're the one who has to juggle all those imponderables. So I think it was an appropriate thing to do. I was not aware of that distinction in your priority set, possibly because we mostly talked about in the context of Steve not being there. So that's understandable. That helps me understand your thinking and your motivation and I can see the logic of it. Uh, thank you for that clarification. Yeah. So okay. I, I feel, I hope you, I hope you don't feel like I, I was, you know, going on a tangent with you or like talking about something that wasn't relevant. This is, I hope you see now why this was relevant. Okay, well, you brought that up. Yes, okay. I, I thought you were throwing that in my face, but you were just really trying to make a point. So I apologize for overreacting. Ah, no problem. Um, just want to make sure you understand. Right, right. cool. Good. Now, the second one, maybe this is also easier to understand given that context, uh, which is that, um, and uh, I'm not saying it was, it was in any way wrong. It was sort of surprising, though. Um, my understanding then was that the goal, uh, my naive understanding, as it turns out, was that the goal was to encourage free conversation, people sharing a feeling. And as such, I was surprised in more than one way when you kind of interrupted the flow and say, hey, I think we're ragging on Ernie too much or something along those lines, or I don't want this to become a referendum on Ernie. Um, but I think understanding your narrower goals makes that more explicable. Um, so I, I, I do think that there's sort of limits to things. And mm -hmm. um, so like, like I, I, I say that like, because of where we're at and just, just the, you know, the fact that Steve himself was so apologetic and whatnot. I'm not worried about the group descending into shouting matches yet. 
Maybe it can in the mm-hmm. future, but at the moment, not remotely afraid. Are you worried right? or hoping? Um, I want more yelling right now. Yes, mm-hmm. but I think I think that could turn into a. I think I think a little bit is good. Like I think what Steve did was good, mm-hmm. and I think I think maybe a little bit like maybe again wouldn't be so bad. I don't know. It's it's one of those things in which the balance of that is something that we're going to have to sort of figure out. I think as a group. But the way mm-hmm. I see it is we're in no, I mean, I don't think we're in any danger of going too far with that. But I do believe mm-hmm. that it is possible to go too far. And I do think there are plenty of groups of people in which they definitely just the norm is going too far. And, you know, if I thought there was any danger, um, I would pull back on that. And so and, and an example of that was, I think, you know, criticizing people and love and trying to help them is good. But when you do it too much, and there's just so much coming in at a person, then suddenly it feels like maybe we're going a little too far and maybe it would be good to sort of pull it back or maybe sort of do some edification, like encouragement of some sort. And so I I was surprised that pretty much anyone who really had anything to say for a while kind of went after you and and nobody else and nothing else. And I wasn't I wasn't fully expecting that. <laughs> I, was expecting, I was expecting, I mean, I, I expect everyone has their grievances with you because as any leader, everyone does. But I was expecting there to be some like, you know, Ernie sucks for this reason, David sucks for this reason, Ted sucks for this reason. And oh, man, Steve, what on earth? Right. I expected some share. When I noticed that there was no sharing and it was all just at you, I was like, ah, this is dogpiling. And I was like, and so you, so that, that's an example where I draw the line you know, so like, even though I say I do want more yelling, you also saw that like I do want to pull it back a little bit, but only a little bit. I don't want to. I don't think I really. St- I mean, like, I I didn't. I don't think I discouraged people too much. I think what I did was just encourage some loving comments your way. I think because we had enough momentum with the with the sort of criticism that I didn't stop or derail that train. I think I just sort of slowed it down a teensy bit, and I think I think it was a good balance. I was I was happy with that balance. Yeah, I was too, but it is really helpful for me to, to see your, um, um, well, to understand where you draw the line and why you draw the line. And I, I think that there's an important meta point that sometimes the group starts doing things that the group doesn't really want to do because of momentum or habits or whatever. And it's, it's useful to just sort of tap the brakes to kind of wake people up so that they uh, avoid falling into a rut. Yeah, and you know, I think I think it was just sort of uh, I did that on I did that on feeling. It might not have been necessary. I, we might have been perfectly fine if I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell, and I and I kind of I'm I'm comfortable in the region being in the region where I was like, okay, I can't tell if I did it too early or too late. It's too ambiguous, and I'm like, well, that means I'm probably pretty close. Yeah. So I'm happy with it. Well, thank you. That was really helpful. That helps me understand both your purpose uh, and your trade-offs and the things you wrestle with. So, thank you. Yes, you're welcome. So, that's all I had. Did you have anything else on your mind you wanted to talk about? Um, I do not want to be your training wheels. Okay. Um, so, I don't think it is necessary. So when you say training wheels, 
uh, okay, so this is worth talking about what your goals are. Uh, my, my goal is to get you to be a better leader. Okay, and what Define do you think a, it means to be a better leader? Well, I mean, like one of the one of the things is sort of unifying the group behind a common purpose. Okay. So, I don't think you do that, and I think it frustrates uh, everyone. Fair enough. And I think I demonstrated a little bit on what that might look like in a way that, like, is empowering to everybody, regulating, mm -hmm. and also just giving everyone freedom. Right. So I think you handled that discussion fairly well, um, especially now that I understand what your actual purpose was, which is different than what I thought it was. So you did a good job of managing the group. You did a, um, in my case, an ineffective job of communicating your purpose. Right? I didn't get it. Well, you know, uh, so this you is going to have this, this follow-up to clarify that. Yeah, yeah. You see, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, I'm frustrated with you on this point because, like, so, one of the, one of the reasons why I, I sorry, keep saying are you I don't want about to... yourself, or are you talking about me now? Just so I'm clear on the context. I mean, I guess it's both. I'm saying I'm frustrated because of something that you do. So okay. I guess I'm talking about you. Okay. I feel frustrated because I feel like you keep encouraging me to do things and I keep objecting to them because I'm like, I don't think you're going to learn anything from what I'm doing. I don't think it's helping you. And therefore, I don't want to waste the time or energy. And I feel like that point just got reinforced just now. Well, but, well there's, there's two different things there. One is you were setting yourself up as an example, and I feel like I had to call you on that. What? You... Set yourself an example of doing a good job of setting a purpose and managing the group to it. You, that's what you said. Yes. And I said, well, I didn't understand what your purpose was, and that's why I got confused during the writing of it. Yeah, I mean, you didn't understand it exactly. You understood it approximately. Yeah. And I, right, so and I think we okay. had it. I mean, like, I, okay, I think so you understood. I, I would say you understood my purpose significantly better than most people understand your purpose on any given week. Fair enough. Guilty as charged. So I think it was a good example. And so what, what, so what do you want? I, 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 I want you to unify the group behind, in a common purpose. Okay. Okay. And um, maybe a good start with that would be, so do you think it's a, a question of me having a purpose, articulating a purpose, or getting the group lined up behind it? I, I feel like they're all sort of the same thing. Okay, fair enough. Because, right, so you know, like, because like right now you're like you're doing some stuff. Like you're driving around, you pick up your kids. That's a purpose you have. It's not a purpose relevant to the group. So I'm like, in a sense, they're really the same thing. Okay, so let's let's go over some of the purposes that I have articulated with the group in the past. Um, and the so well, actually, let's start with this one. I have a purpose that I would like to. So uh, let me just guess you. Uh, this is a data point. I had a really long conversation with Ted, which was really helpful. He had some of the, he had concerns similar to Steve's, and he uh, shared them with me, and I was able to talk through them with him and talk through my counter concerns, and we actually agreed on a set of things that we think are really important that will help us get to where we are going. So he and I feel uh, aligned around that particular purpose. 
Uh, this this happened so, after the. This happened the, an hour two, ago, two hours ago. Okay. Okay, so it hasn't even been posted yet. So can I can I guess? Can I guess one of the topics? Feel free. Uh, was it was it possibly about um, Steve's request to have the video or the, his outburst sort of removed from the online video? No, nothing. We weren't talking about that at all. Oh, okay. I recused myself from that decision, uh, so I don't even know what's happening with that. Yeah, well, you know, I'm surprised Ted didn't talk to you about that because that sounds like something he's not no, happy I, about. I told Ted that I, I, I explicitly told Ted I recused myself from that decision. Yes. So Ted is the hoster of the YouTube channel. It's entirely appropriate for him to be the one making that decision. Okay. All right. Well, I guess wrong. Damn. Okay. So yeah, nothing. Uh, yeah. Um, so he's specifically talking about issues that he has about the way I I talk about authority, and so we talked about that. Um, and then we talked oh, so about he, why we he went to straight to he, he went straight to next week's topic. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, sort of. We were kind of talking about uh, both Steve's initial outburst and some of the points he shared on the fourth. Uh, and concerns that, Steve, that uh, Ted had along those lines. I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but if you're curious, I can summarize. Uh, the interesting point for me, though, is that because I know Ted, because I know what's important to him, I was able to say, here's why I think what we, this is what I think we are doing in the group, and this is how I think it relates to the things that are important to you, which is why it makes sense for you to be involved. So he and I had a constructive conversation where we were able to. Uh, link up on a sense of purpose and articulate in a way that we both felt good about. Uh, is this the sort of thing that you want me to be doing, or is it actually not helpful for uh, this issue of trying to line around purpose? I I guess I would say I this is exactly what I want you to do. I am skeptical that is what happened. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you can listen to the video and. Uh, or I can try and point you to the snippets enough to listen to the whole thing so you can judge for yourself. Okay. Because, like, my experience is, like, I think that you, you, you have said things that make me think you believe that has happened with me, and it has. Right. So let's, let's, pick, let's pick one of them. Can you roll down Cody's window? Let's take a second here to drop the family off or pick up a child. And... All right. Still there? Yes. So, um, and this is something that confuses me too. So if you can unconfuse me, that would be helpful. So I think you said that there's nothing more important than loving more like Jesus. Yes. Okay. So that would imply to me that a group that was capable of helping you love more like Jesus would be a valuable and important thing to be a part of. Uh, yes, for you, it would be, yes. For, for me or for you? Uh, uh, maybe I misheard you. Can you repeat your statement? I'm sorry. I thought you said that you agreed that nothing is more important than loving more like Jesus. Sure. Yes. Okay. 
So you're saying that is a high value you have that in fact trumps all other values. Um, Sorry about that. Trans no, 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 no. Negotiations. Yeah, your your kids okay. are more important. Definitely. Okay. So uh, what I would say, I I would say, me loving more like Jesus is of all of ultimate uh, concern, highest priority. Yes. Okay. Good. Um, so I would say, uh, a, being part of a group that gets uh, that helps me with that is because it's related to that purpose is a high priority, but I'm not convinced necessarily that just a group is the answer. So I wouldn't say a group is the ultimate, you know, a group that helps me love like Jesus is the ultimate, you know, purpose for me. Okay, fair enough. Let me rephrase that more generally uh, to make sure I understand you more clearly. So a, let's call it a process. Is that a more generic word or a tool? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A tool I like that, that helps you love more like Jesus would be a really good would be a really valuable thing. I uh, yeah yeah like the, okay. the best tool that can the best tool that can do that is 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 highest priority. Okay, and so do you know of such tools that you would recommend to us? Uh, I what I know. I mean, uh, it, it, I mean, like uh, I know of plenty of things that that have worked for people in the past, like vaguely. You know, mm -hmm. going to church, reading the Bible, being part of a small group, um, uh, you know, humbling yourself, praying, um, trying to trying to connect with God in whatever way works for you. I mean, those sort of things. Mm -hmm. I, I find that okay. those tend to, what what people need tend to be very individualistic. Mm -hmm. Um. So I mean, I have I don't have a good answer there for you. That's all I got. Okay, so you, you okay, fair enough. You don't have a good answer. Um, I appreciate that honesty. Um, so, what I so the premise of this group uh, at this point, as best I can articulate it, is that um, okay. The premise is frankly, uh, to be perfectly honest, I want to love more like Jesus. I have exhausted a lot of the available tools. And I am on a quest to find a better tool that will work for me and hopefully others and hopefully everyone who's interested. Uh, that is the premise. Does that at least make sense? Yes. Okay, good. Um, does that seem like a worthy quest to you? Oh, absolutely. That's, that's, that's okay. one of the reasons I'm, I'm here. Okay, good. So we are actually working on the same quest, which is something I'm not sure if we ever established. Um, so that's good. Um, the um, So I have various theories about why this is hard and how to go about this. I do not know which of those are of interest to you. Um, I, I mean, any theory that is is a decent theory is of interest to me. 
Um, <laughs> okay. So, so, so I don't, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't give you a better answer than that. It's like, well, if, if no, I think your theory is reasonable. Some people, some, people, some people don't care about theory at all. Oh, no, no. Okay. Oh, no, no. I, uh, I, did, I, did theor- I did theoretical physics. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. I, uh, yes, it's surprising. I'm not sure if it's surprising or inevitable that we have so much conflict given that we both have that same background. Um, the, so I think there's um, two things that are important in this process, which um, Uh, how do we do this? So, what, what branch of theoretical physics did you do, just out of curiosity? Uh, quantum mechanics, uh, mostly looking at um, Brownian motion, um, stochastic processes, that sort of thing. Oh, okay. Bottom level. Okay, interesting. Uh, so, I was doing um, uh, my brief stint in theory was on the quantum mechanic interactions of black holes. And ironically, my professor went on to become uh, now just in the computer science department for quantum computing, because it's basically the same physics uh, that we were doing in the abstract back then that people are trying to do in the real world now, which is fascinating. Um, so the way that I, and so this is something I think you objected to before, which is that I am trying to take an empirical approach to finding a better tool for loving more like Jesus. And I believe at one point you had said, well, no, that's a theological question. And so you objected to the scientific, uh, trying to use the scientific method there. Is, is yes. my memory correct? Do you yes. still hold to that? Well, um, I, I, I would not, I mean, I think the scientific method can work and, and does help. But I would say that it is um, not the only tool. Right. So the more generalized version of that that I use uh, is sort of revelation, uh, experience, and reason. Is that we have revelation of various kinds, we reasoned about it, and then we have experiences that either uh, reinforce or invalidate the reasoning. And so revelation can be a various. So what are the what are the three things again? Revelation, reason, and experience. Is there is there something outside of that? I mean, there are many things outside of it, but that's kind of the basic loop. Well, no, I, I'm. I in terms of knowing is, the in, to, in terms of knowing the world, it, what do we have that is outside of those three things? Oh, I'm not saying there is much outside of that. What I'm saying is that, for example, the traditional forms of scientific method discount revelation. Uh, the traditional forms yes. of theology often discount experience. I'm saying my approach is to try and integrate all three. Oh no, I am, I am, I'm a hundred and ten percent on board with that. Yes. Okay, good. Okay, great. You agree on the goal. We agree on the, the intellectual framework we are using to iterate towards that goal. And so, um, uh, let me just share the theory uh, for what it's worth. If this will help you, and if it doesn't, we can discard it. Um, I have had this strange set of experiences, I was making this to Ted, where I've been part of some amazing Christian organizations, really godly men. Um, I had wonderful Christian parents and went to some fantastic schools. And yet for reasons that had always puzzled me, I would end up 
like lots of people have suffered far worse than I have from the actions of evil men, um, primarily men, but also women. I have suffered bizarrely from the actions of good men, like really great godly men, frankly, better Christians than I am. I would do something and I would see a side of them that just blew my mind. And this happened to me over and over and over again. And yeah, partly it's me, but when I matured a little bit and I was able to work through this with some of them, um, some of them came out the other side and said, yeah, actually that really wasn't healthy what I did. Uh, sorry, you had to go through that. Um, but the fact that this happened so consistently uh, gave me the understanding that there's uh, uh, my current theory is that every is that hierarchies work because of asymmetric information flow, and the people on the top see everything that people on the bottom are doing, and people at the bottom see a very narrow subset of what the people at the top are doing. And what that means is the people at the top can't hide their shame and not be vulnerable and authentic, uh, because um, if people started questioning the orders that came down the hierarchy or doubting them, the whole thing would fall apart. And so um, that is understandable in the world. That is the way that God set up the world, you know, with the Gentiles lorded over those underneath them. Um, but it seems like Christ is calling us to do something different. And so the thing that I've been trying to figure out how to do is how to run this group in a way that helps us to get effective at achieving our purpose without falling into the trap of hierarchy. Did any of that make sense? Um, Man, that last sentence. Okay, what I would say is like everything you said, I loved and I'm in complete agreement with and I wish that those exact words just showed up at the top of every, every transform page that you put up or uh, every agenda item and for everything related to the Great Reset, those exact words were always just there at the top saying, this is what we're doing. Because um, I think it's very clear when you put it that way. The, the last okay. sentence, though, the last sentence, when you when you say it's the trap of hierarchy, um, there's ambiguity there where I think you mean one thing, and I don't think that's necessarily justified. Um, Fair enough. So, maybe, uh, maybe you don't mean uh, it. I, I want to... I want to clarify. Please. Okay, so what I what I would say is that pattern you you see of like people on top like not being authentic and and uh, open, so the, uh, transparent. And there's no transparency at the top. Um, is a real phenomenon, and it's a bad one. And I think you're right. God is calling us to to do something about that, and I see it too. I see it in all sorts of organizations, and you know I love this goal of like trying to defeat that. When you see the trap of uh, hierarchies, I'm, I'm worried that what that means is hierarchy is not the solution we need. And, or that you're sort of implying that. When I would say that maybe the answer is we don't, we need to find something besides hierarchies, or maybe the answer is something about improving what we do with hierarchy. Because I don't know that it's inevitable that this happens. I don't know. I what I would say is I, I, I want it to be open to both things because I'm open to both solutions. I'm worried you're not open to both sets of solutions. Right. Fair enough. And it, 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 I'll, okay. I'll lay my cards on the table. The solution space I am exploring is 
non-hierarchical. Now, there are things that resemble hierarchies, like directionistic graphs and hierarchies and, and so forth, um, that, you know, and I, I want to be open-minded to things that are uh, fuzzy and resemble hierarchy. Uh, but, I, but hierarchy as I define it, right, is precisely the thing that I'm trying to avoid. And that is the design space that I'm exploring. It could be wrong, but that's where I decided to place my bet. If you were coming to me and say, I have this thing that you think that you might call a hierarchy, but I think it actually will solve our problem, I would certainly be open to you here to you proposing that. But that's just not where my heart is. Fair enough? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I understand what you're saying. I, I really want to know why. Because, like, I just suggested that it's possible that the problem you're seeing is caused by something besides the hierarchy. And you're like, I don't care. That's not, no, I don't, I don't. I, don't... Possible. I assign a relatively low probability to it. And furthermore, my experience is that lots of people have tried to fix hierarchy in different things. And that solution space has been relatively well explored uh, without very promising results. And the alternative solution space, I think, is underexplored. The same reason I left physics is that, yeah, it is possible if you work really hard, you'll be able to make a significant advance. But given the lots of other smart people are trying really, really hard to solve that problem, uh, that same problem using the same tools, you're unlikely to do much better. So better to try something that no one else is doing where you might get lucky. That's just my philosophy. Um. If you think that there, no, there, are, there aren't lots of people who've been trying to do this, then... I could see you you would weigh things differently. Well, okay. What what I would say is I think it's it's sort of easy to sort of deceive yourself about this, because like the problem space is large and complex, and when you say that people have tried lots of things in this this area of, of hierarchy, I'm like maybe that's your perception, and maybe they maybe they haven't, and maybe there's a bias there. It is entirely possible. Okay, I have a one lifetime, one set of experiences, uh, one set of literature that I have read, one mental framework for looking at the world. I agree. Uh, I own that this is my set of biases and the framework that I am choosing to use to invest my time and energy in how to solve this problem. Like I said, I'm open to people coming from other directions and trying different things. I'm not dismissing that. I'm saying it doesn't feel worth my time for me personally to explore that range of options. But if someone else, that's why I said, if you could have a way to do a hierarchical version of this group that is better at loving like Jesus, that would be amazing. Right? I'm not denying that they could exist. I'm saying that I personally am not investing in those set of solutions. Why do you have a problem with that? Um... Okay, so uh, maybe maybe an, an analogy will help you understand. Um, if if Janet came to me and she said, "David, there's I don't know um, corruption in churches, and I don't like corruption." And I noticed that every church they read the Bible quite a bit. They talk about the Bible. They all I mean by definition, all churches follow the Bible. And she's like, "Well, I no, think <laughs> you have a narrow definition of church, but go ahead." 
Yeah. I that is sort of my point here that you're using some, okay, well, go some ahead. funny so definition. You stipulate that you define a church as one that follows the Bible. Sure, let's go with that. And so, so Janet comes to me and she says, you know, and I had some bad experience where I think people were sort of um, misapplying biblical text and that wasn't well justified and contradictory and, and, and they were hypocrites about it and all that. And so I, I'm, I'm going to explore church solutions that don't use the Bible. Mm-hmm. And because I had a lot of bad experiences and I would say that, you know, I, this, this, because all these churches have failed in all sorts of ways. They're all doing terrible and they've all used the Bible. And I would say that this mm-hmm. problem space has been very thoroughly explored. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to reject any, any, I'm not interested in solutions related to the Bible. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a bias, but you know, I had a lot of bad experiences there. And so I'm just going to, you know, not investigate those because I don't think it's, it's worth my time or energy. I don't believe in it. Right. She, she said that to me. I would say, I would say, Janet, I'm sorry you had some bad experiences, but I think you're not doing yourself any favors by restricting yourself this way. And that you're actually missing out on something really, really good because some bad things happened to you. And that, okay. and I, I don't like seeing that. And I think that the Lord would actually rather use what happened to you as a, as a chance to build you up and to help you. Okay, so if I, I to, so let, me, let me just repeat back what I heard you say in a different context. So I went to this guy like named Martin Luther, who said to me, you know, I've had a really bad experience with popes. I think the whole structure is fundamentally corrupt, and uh, I think it's time to look at the alternate structures for managing the church. And I'd say, would you say the same thing to Martin Luther? Yes, absolutely, I would. Okay, fair enough. That's fair enough. So let me... so. Okay, I appreciate your intellectual consistency on that. So what I would say is, um, I think that's actually not a bad thing given the whole church-state thing, how that worked out. Um, The, um, I guess I think the question is, you know, David, you might be right. Um, I think it's that, you know, you might be wrong too, right? There's a way to know a priori, right? So it's like, yeah. okay, I will consider that. Um, the um, specific thing that I am trying to do is figure out how to run this group without lording it over uh, people as the Gentiles do. Would you be willing to accept that as a useful constraint to guide the solution space? Uh, no, that doesn't, I mean, it's too vague to be useful. I'm sorry. Not really. I mean, it means something to me. And that's what I am trying to do. I mean, so the, I mean, this is kind of, I mean, so you think that, so let me, let me, let me put this back to you then, David. It's like, you think it would be relatively easy or straight, so, so my, my, my concern is based on my experiences is that it is, uh, frankly, it's very hard to find any good models of, uh, of organizational and system design that doesn't fall prey to these failure modes. Um, and the only ones that I have found that even appear to be doing a good job of it have been non-hierarchical. 
So it is, um, and even the word hierarchical, one could argue, can become misleading if it becomes a, a religious totem of a thing we're trying to pursue or not pursue. So, okay, David, I will uh, relax my constraint on my willingness to consider hierarchical systems. Now what? Really? Really? Sure. Sure. I, oh. like, I'm, I'm not going to make it a constraint that I will not consider them. But then, okay. uh, are you going to say I must devote 50% of my time to evaluating hierarchical solutions? Oh, no. Uh, okay. No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> okay, what I was going to say is, uh, you have, if you didn't, if you sort of put your foot down on this, Ernie, uh, I think mm -hmm. a couple of things were not going to go well for you. Um, and I might as well tell you them, because I kind of uh -huh. don't believe you. I, th I think you are still sort of very biased against them. So, I didn't say I didn't dislike them. I just thought I'm not going to have a constraint against considering them. Yeah, so here, here's the here's the threat. I think. Um, I, I told you that uh, one of my goals would be to sort of demonstrate that the group could turn into something that you don't want it to turn into because you don't step up as a leader. And mm -hmm. that I could potentially try to force that. Mm -hmm. And I want to make it clear, that's exactly what I did. Uh, this, this topic and of... So how this do you topic, do something that I didn't want the group to turn into? I'm confused. This this topic of confronting you about your your problem with authorities, that's the topic that I proposed. Yeah, I think it, that's great. Thank you for doing that. I was really appreciating that. Yeah, well, essentially, everyone in this group, it looks like, with the exception of Bill, um, has a love of or believes in a structure where there's some sort of hierarchy. And I don't see. Okay, so so oh oh oh. Just what? I'm in the wrong place. I have to go pick up my daughter. You want to get out and get in by yourself for him? Um, give me a second here to reorient myself. Are you giving me a coffee? Did you have it? Can you get in the house? Um, Papa's in fire, but he may not be able to go now. I, those are Mona's car keys. I don't need them to get in the house. Sorry about that. Give me a second. No, take your time. Okay, thank you. Thank you. This is something I keep doing that I didn't understand and I could really use your help with. When I say I'm against hierarchy, a lot of people think I'm against authority. Uh, oh, and no, I can no, totally no, no, see no, no. why that would be confusing. No, no, no. I'm not making that mistake. Uh, okay. Let me, let me, I don't think I'm making that mistake. I think that the majority of the people in the group conflate authority and hierarchy. I don't think you do. I think everyone else does. Ah, and so okay. I, so uh, I think that uh, I basically have set up everyone in the group, except Bill, 
to go after you about your problem with authority. And it's basically going to be an attack on uh, your rejection of hierarchy. And that I think most of the group is actually kind of aligned in this. And so you're I in this position. I think you are reading in more than you than is warranted by the evidence, but that's fine. Uh, I think it's going to go that way. What? I, I certainly I think, think there it, are a number of people who, who have, I, I think, think there are a number of people, but to say like the whole group is aligned in this, I think is overstating. Uh, yeah, I mean, I said, except Bill, so minus one. Um, oh, okay, well, I'm pretty sure David Huffman, uh, the, ironically, David Huffman is the person who I have a most, the most traditional top-down disciple relationship with, so he's not going to question me on the matter of authority, ironically, even though arguably he should if I'm more conservative with my principles, but anyway. Well, I mean, like, uh, I don't know, because if he if he's acting on the principles that everyone is suggesting that he sh he should act on, uh, his uh, his. Yeah, I don't my point is that I, I don't see why it, it 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 why you feel the need to assert universal uh, alignment with your goals. I, I think there's a number of people who are certainly very concerned about it, um, and you phrase that you like you set them up to attack me. Is yes. that what you meant to say? Yes. Okay, and why would you want to do that? Oh, I mean, like, if if you mean like attack you as in the sense of destroy you, no, but attack in the sense that like you have uh, ideas that they don't think are good, and they're going to attack those ideas. I think they do. They're doing it out of a, a goal of helping you, but I don't. Okay, well, you see, like, but you see, like, I think the reason the reason I'm using attack. Let's talk about your Let's talk about your motives and your goals, because I think that's the one you can speak of authoritatively. Well, no, no. I, I, the reason I use attack is because I think that is the closest to how you're going to feel. So I feel like um, I would be lying. I would say I okay. would feel like you would be lying okay. to you if I said if I said they're going to love on you the best that they can, when your experience of it is that they're going to be trying to uh, convince you of something that you're adamantly against, and that it's going to feel, ah. make you feel discouraged about the group and feel attacked. And so instead, I ah. say you're going to be attacked. Well, because no, I no, that's, no, that's, that's you're trying to be compassionate. I'm, I, I, well, I mean, like, what I would say is I'm trying no, to communicate. Mean you, Bill, Dave. I, would, I, I don't think I, I, I think I'm trying to communicate accurately as best I can. Well, you're trying to communicate um, about feelings and trying to communicate how I feel, which I think is sweet. Okay. So what, what was your motive for setting it up then? If you can speak to that, um, I mean, I, I, I told you I was going to do this in advance, right? So, but, like, but you told me why. But why did you want to do this? Is that you thought that um, I would resist this and that this would break the the secrets that I'm harboring? No, I, I wanted to prove to you that like this, you're trying to, to try to make this non-hierarchy thing work, and I wanted to show you that unless you step up as a leader and, and unify people, that it's not going to work. And that Sorry, unless I step up as a leader and do what? Sorry, I missed the point. Unify people behind a goal. Right. Unless, no, no, I totally and, agree. And the question is, uh, how do I unify people behind a goal without lording it over them like the Gentiles do? That is the thing that I'm trying to figure out how to do. Well, I think I demonstrated how to do that. And I have not seen that. any good role models for how to do that. 
Uh, I've seen a few hints here and there that are very uh, provocative that I'm trying to follow up on. And then, like I said, if you have data that would help me do this faster, so it's not cheating to show me data, if you have data. I mean, I, I did a demonstration of this on Tuesday. Sorry? I demonstrated how to do this on Tuesday, yesterday. So you have, you totally used the power play. Yes. I also told you I was right. going to do this in advance. Right. So, yeah, you can do it. And that, that worked to a point and solve a certain set of problems. It's like, okay, yes, you can do that. Um, and that means that your intentions and your values overrule those of what everyone else wants, even if they have a different perspective of what the purpose is. And like, okay, I'm glad you did that. It was a useful and necessary thing to do. That is not the thing that I'm trying to do because I don't want to have those consequences. I mean, you're doing it. You're doing it in effect anyway. Doing what in effect? I mean, like in effect, like everyone is advocating for what they believe and what they they think is right. Okay. And so, like, I mean, like I haven't done anything different than that. No, I mean, wait, wait. How do you say you haven't done anything different? You. At my urging, after I pressured you into it, volunteered to take control of the meeting, and you How ran it according volunteer? to the principles that you thought were necessary. That's different. Not many people have stepped up like that. So I really appreciate that. Okay. But I don't say you can say that's no different than what everyone else did. Well, I mean, I, all I did was take on more responsibility. It's a matter of degree, not a not a of type. Well, okay. At some point, it becomes uh degrees become type right so let, let me give you an example of what i think is actually really interesting is that right now we have kind of a two-tier system of leadership in the group where um uh i sort of run the group but um, um ted sort of runs the building right he owns the place where we meet he owns the zoom account he owns the youtube channel and so he is um, able to, uh, you know, have some authority over the situation and can make decisions like the questions whether to pull down a video and so forth. Um, and that's good, and that's not uncommon, but that's interesting. Um, and um, but then, you know, it actually is very GitHub-like in the sense that I could always, you know, he's given me access to a YouTube channel. So I can always download the videos myself and create, recreate them elsewhere. In fact, he wants me to do that. I haven't yet uh, for various reasons. Um, so I actually think like the model where Ted's the, the host, I'm the subject matter, um, the instigator, and you're the moderator is actually a really interesting model. Uh, that we have this sort of divided leadership where we have to work together, whereas I have the freedom to be um, creative and controversial and confusing, and that you act as the the voice of the group to maintain stability and cohesion and and raise questions. But like I actually think having the three of us share leadership in these divided ways is actually an interesting model that is, I think, stronger 
uh, and definitely much more work that I'm looking for than one where you're just running the group by yourself all the time. For the reasons I outlined before. Um, yeah, I, w I would say it's not very novel. It, it sounds just like the executive, legislative, and judicial branch of government. It has similarities to that, I will grant you. Um, and whether it's stable and, uh, you know, scalable and re replicable, I don't know. But uh, specifically for these kinds of issues, um, I think it's a really interesting one. And it, it's like, it seems to be working so far and let us see how far we can push it. Well, I, I mean, like, I, I don't, I don't mind doing a little bit of an experiment, but I mean, like, checks and balances. What are the checks and balances? So the checks and we are. You're asking me literally, what are the checks and balances? Yes, like, like well, you have, yes, because you sort of, you sort of described like domains of authority, but there is checks and balances in in the U.S. model, and I think mm -hmm. that there ought to be some sort of formalized checks and balances in okay, what you're so proposing. Two different things. There's the checks and balances, and then there's the formalization thereof. Right. And so right now we have some, they're not very well formalized because it's been just me and Ted and you and I can barely agree on anything. And so every time we agree on something, we try and write it down. Um, and so, yeah, it'd be good. But I mean, to me, it feels like we should probably do something. I mean, if you have, I mean, right now the informal ones are Ted opens the meeting, you moderate the meeting, I present something, and then we have a way for the group to provide feedback on how it went. Uh, even though I guess we technically skipped that last time, but we had the group involved very heavily, so I'm less concerned about that. Um, they provided feedback on me and Steve. They didn't really provide feedback on your leadership, which I think was a, a design flaw. I think we could have said we're gonna do that. So the fact is, is that each of us have different um things we contribute um to be fair steve and i each uh, ted and i each have assets we control ted owns the youtube channel i own uh, the calendar invite um but then again you sort of own the airtime during the meeting so that's a division of powers well no if, I mean, if i'm so, if i'm responsible for group cohesion i say i i have the asset the only asset of any value well, I think there's a lot what you mean by group cohesion. I don't. Uh, this is one thing that caused me a great deal of confusion. Especially I, you know, I, you know, actually, I agree. I, I do think it's sort of ill-defined. But I mean, like, if if I'm able to just sort of, you know, convince people to go along with what I'm suggesting, I think that I would have a great deal more power than you two, and it would not be balanced. Right. No. I, what I think is that what I'm proposing, in case this wasn't obvious, and maybe it wasn't, is that you own moderating the discussion i own the content uh ted owns the format so i get to sort of say this is what we're talking about and then you help manage how the group talks about it and you can suggest a topic and if the group goes in it you know that drives the agenda that's fine it's so weird because um, it's just like I like any topic you come up with. I feel like I'm just going to automatically object to it. Like, so you come up with a topic and then I twist it to be what I want it to be. That works. Okay. All right. Right. I mean, so you, you pick the topic, right? 
And then I have more or less carte blanche to say whatever I want to say about that and approach it however I want to. And then the group kind of gets to decide, you know, hey, yeah, that captured the emotion that we were feeling when we decided to do that. And, you know, I mean, I am assuming that, you know, we are agreed on the top level goal of what we're trying to accomplish, uh, trying to develop better tools for helping us love more like Jesus. And we're trying to go through the cycle of revelation, reason, and experience. And, you know, in some ways, this is what that is, right? The revelation, if you will, the given is you had this statement that we should question. And I think it was a really good capturing of the enemy, anami, the unexpressed social pain, uh, because, and I welcomed it, right? Because, like, I feel like a lot of people think I hold beliefs about authority, which I don't. And I would like to at least clarify what I do believe, so at least I'm getting accurate criticism. Um, so I, I think that is a really good, I mean, it's a really good algorithm, right? Is, is someone's job is to identify the gaps between reality and perception. And then we iterate towards that. I mean, basically, you're the unit test. I'm the coder. I'm, I'm, mm. I do test-driven development, man. Um, you, you hate test-driven development? No, I do test-driven development. Uh-huh, and? In my mind, uh, the tests are everything, and, like, the, the implementation is, is, is the trivial afterthought. Um, in well-defined systems, that is absolutely the case. Um, getting the tests right is a painful iterative process, as I'm sure you would agree. And in certain cases, uh, there are NP problems right, where testing the result is trivial and generating the result is extraordinarily difficult. And I'm, I'm basically asserting that this is an NP type problem. All right, I mean, that, in that sense, uh, that's, that is a valid argument. Uh, I, 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 kinda, I wanna back up a little bit here, because like, I feel like you're rushing ahead and trying to, to, to formalize this, which, uh, you know, God forbid I slow that process down, but I'm I'm surprised that that's what you're doing. Um, I mean, like I've I've expressed pretty direct hostility and antagonism to your goal, and you're like, let's formalize this process in which you get to do that all the time. Sorry, which goal have you expressed antagonism? You said that we we agree on what's the most important thing to do. You agree that uh, the next most important thing is to create a tool that does that. You've agreed that the smoother process of reason. Uh, 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 reason and experience are there. Like, it seems like we agree on all the big questions, which most people have a great deal of difficulty agreeing on. Uh, yes, except the hierarchy one. The hierarchy one, I think, is, and that's where we're sort of, that's where I'm, like, aiming at, and that's, and you seem to be, like, not responding. It's like, I'm not sure um, whether you mean by that word what I mean by that word and whether it's worth getting hung up on, which is why I said I'm not going to uh, uh, try to enforce that constraint. I'm saying we have a concrete model that we are trying to do now. I don't know whether it's hierarchical or not, but it seems like it might help us deal with the kinds of problems that I had difficulty dealing with in the past. So that seems like a good thing to try. And I'm happy to try and give you whatever else you need to be more successful in the experiment. Okay. So, I mean, like, we're in agreement. I just don't. I guess it's just weird that we're in agreement, and I don't know why we're. In, I'm not used to it. <laughs> my 
sinister plan to break, break your brain is working. You know, I, I feel like it's just like two evil geniuses trying to like get at each other and we're both going to succeed. Oh, I was muted. Sorry about that. Oh, man, I had such a great one-liner, and you didn't hear it. Well, please repeat it. You still there? The audio is cutting yeah. out. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. Should I repeat my one-liner? Yes, absolutely. The last thing I heard you say was about us being two evil geniuses, and I said, you know, call me crazy, Dave, but I kind of thought that we were supposed to be Christians trying to love each other the way Jesus does. And if we're actually doing that, it would not be so surprising that we end up working together. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like though, you had you had sufficient experiences with supposedly good Christian men that have been very negative, that mm -hmm. your skepticism of good Christian men would be a lot higher than it seemingly is. Sorry, oh, I say, you're assuming that I think you're a good Christian man. Oh, is it preferable that I'm not? Yeah. Why? Because you tell me exactly what you hate about me, and so I'm never left guessing that you're trying to be nice. Oh, you're welcome. No, I, I mean it sincerely as a compliment. And I, I meant it sincerely, you're welcome. It is a lot of work, it is difficult to do, and nobody appreciates it. I appreciate you, Dave. I told you, you're my favorite person in this whole group. I mean, I yeah, like you the most, but I value you the most. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's mostly that's that's mostly the same. Uh, I wouldn't call you my favorite person, but uh, you're probably the one I value the most in the group as well. Thank you. And you know, this is um, this is hard stuff. And the reason, by the way, Dave, the reason why you're so frustrated and like, and I just like the stuff is that no one else asks these questions. No one else worries about these things. And so if I tell them this, they just stare at me blankly and I have no idea if it's their use or not. And so I need you to pull this off. I need all of you, right? I mean, this group, as motley as it seems, is like each person is just so incredibly precious and unique and valuable and has suffered so much. And, you know, it, it um, you know, sometimes I want to weep at the responsibility of trying to do something with all these fragile lives. And I just have to remind, uh, as uh, somebody once said, our job is not to feed the 5,000. Our job is to be bring the loaves and fishes. So each week I bring my half-baked ideas of dubious relevance and hope God shows up and hope that other people show up and somehow he has. So that's why I keep showing up. You think he showed up? And every now and then a miracle occurs. What what miracles have you seen? Sorry? What miracles have you seen? 
Steve showing up on Tuesday when a number of people in the group were convinced he wouldn't ever. That was one. Um, one, frankly, was you uh, agreeing to put some skin in the game and lead the meeting. Uh, I count that as a miracle. I mean, not specifically impossible, but uh, thing. frankly, I, uh, Steve's incident where he verbally exploded and shared this, uh, you know, uh, intense rebuke. Uh, it's like, good, I had no idea how we were going to deal with issues of confession and rep repentance and confrontation, because um, I don't know how to introduce those topics. God gave me a beautiful object lesson where I get to practice uh, being rebuked and uh, finding out what I did wrong and working through it with people. Um, so all these things, uh, each of them to me feels like a miracle. I realize you may have more stringent criteria, but I'm sloppy that way. I could go on and on. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, wanted, I wanted your perspective, and that's useful. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, the other way to think about it is that uh, I when I was in my startup was imploding, uh, I mentioned to someone that I was just seeing miracles all the time. And she goes, Wow, I wish I could see miracles that often. I said, It's easy. The thing you have to learn is they can disguise suffering. <laughs> yeah. And once, I, once you learn that trick, Miracles are everywhere. And you are uh, currently the most valuable miracle, David. Thank you. My daughter's upset at me getting mushy. All right, are we done? Uh, yeah, I guess so. We have an agenda for next week. All right. Super helpful. Um, I suppose I should try to write down what I think it is that we actually agreed upon, just to make sure if I get it right. And um, I'll send you the notes sometime, hopefully today, for you to review. Sounds good. Thank you, David. I know this is not easy. Um, I don't know how hard it is for you, but I have some idea. And I appreciate your hanging in there. And I know God does too. So thank you. No, I, I think you're the one suffering more than I am. Uh, you're just jealous. Okay. Actually, Eric, so I'm jealous. Or envious, I guess is a better term. I promised him that we will roast him for season six. Uh. <laughs> he wants to find out where all distant are that he needs to work on. So. If somebody wants to get roasted, all they need to do is like uh, be authentic and share everything. They'll get roasted. Not necessarily. I mean, if I'm present. Like, I don't think we roasted Steve. I thought he was pretty authentic for the most part. And I thought that he was really gracious to him and not roasting him at all. I, I, I criticized a lot of what he was saying. Perhaps, but I don't think he felt roasted. So we sat on season episode on last week's episode, maybe on season one. Um, no, 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 that's a fair point. Maybe I was more focused on my issues, so I was blind to that. 
right. Well, anyway, uh, we have a plan, anyway. I think. Right. Thank you, David. Bye. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.